Hey guys, this is Brandon DeVere, and you're listening to the Learn For Two podcast. So here's the thing. After being in the real estate industry for over a decade, I realized the old model was broken. There was no way out, no end in sight. So I decided to ditch the masses and create my own opportunity. One that would put myself and others in a position to retire when we want to. This podcast is my journey to teach as many people as possible to do the same. My name is Brandon DeVere, and welcome to the Learn For Two podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Learn For Two Podcast. This is Brandon DeVere. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and sharing your time with me. I do appreciate that. Uh, Today, we're heading back to the local business owners uh, interview series that we have here. And today, we have Michael from Made Pro Henderson. Michael, how's it going today? Hey, doing awesome. Good to be here, Brandon. Awesome, awesome. Well, I will say that we started off this this interview about 45 minutes ago, and we just got into into talking, and it was great to kind of get to know each other a little bit more. it was, it was a little bit outside of just regular business, but we want to kind of hone it in now and talk a little bit more about, about you, about your business and kind of what got you to this point that you're at now and exactly what, you know, Made Pro Henderson is. Sure. Yeah. So like you mentioned, my name is Michael. I own Made Pro Henderson. It's a professional home cleaning company based in, uh, in the heart of Green Valley. We're on Windmill and Green Valley Parkway. That's what I like to say anyway. Affiliated with a franchise. Made Pro has been franchising for about 30 years about 275 locations between the US and Canada based out of Boston. And so I've been affiliated with a brand for about two years. And so little by little, we're, you know, we started with zero clients, zero employees, you know, the walls were not this color, you know, and, and all that. And, and now here we are today. So it's, uh, yeah, coming up on two years serving customers in October. And uh, yeah, so that was great. You know, as, as a kid, I was the, the one with a lemonade stand on the corner trying to make things, you know, happen. And didn't, uh, but fought the, fought the fight and, and um, you know, ended up coming to Las Vegas in 2005, attended UNLV, studied hospitality and actually casino management, was involved with, you know, a variety of different things on campus. And then uh, also as an alum, sitting on the Alumni uh, Association Board of Directors for a number of years. And, and then, you know, working in the industry, I was, um, you know, on the teams, various teams at Station Casinos for six, seven years. And then kind of transitioned into to this uh, with a couple things in between. And yeah, but I've always wanted to own my own thing and, and kind of build it out. And so it's really been neat to be part of a franchise where you get kind of a best of both worlds. You know, you're an independent operator backed by the power of the brand is what I like to say. And, uh, and yeah, so far so good. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, quick side note on that, talking about your, your hospitality uh, experience. Yeah. How do you think that has helped groom you to be a business owner and treat clients or potential clients or even, even your employees as well. Thank you. I think it's uh, it's definitely part of our competitive edge. And, you know, I like saying, you know, having a hospitality heart approaching all this stuff, you know, when, when that's a key piece and a key pillar of when we're looking to hire, you know, Mm -hmm. someone that is interested in hospitality and customer service and kind of has that, that knack um, you know, that that's a critical component as well as same for those customers, right? Like there's, there's a handful of people that really are looking at home cleaning and, and could look at home cleaning or really any other home services as a very transactional experience, right? Mm-hmm. My home is dirty, I need you to clean it. And, and so we will do some of that, but really the people that we're trying to do is build a relationship, right? It's ongoing, roughly, you know, 75% and, and hopefully soon, you know, closer to 90% of our business is recurring customers. So we're looking for that once a month, every other week, once a week customer. And so you're constantly in their home. You're getting to know their kids, their pets, you know, how they like, you know, where the toothbrush goes, 
yeah. all that stuff. And, and so I think ultimately, you know, we're trying to build those relationships and, and coming from a hospitality and customer service background has helped, you know, us have a competitive edge against some of the other players in the space. Yeah, I would, I would have to say that it, like when you say it's a kind of a transactional, I, I would say it probably quickly moves into from trans, transactional to very personal. Um, because I can't imagine, I mean, I, I know some people that will like get their stuff ready before the cleaning. I got to yeah. clean before the cleaning, the, the cleaning company comes and you're like, uh -huh. then what's the point? But I, I have to imagine there's a number of, of times where you're, uh, you know, just like you, you go over to a friend's house for like a party or barbecue or something you're like, man, these people live it's so clean. I wish yeah. I could live that clean. And yeah. then you stop by unannounced one day and be like, Hey man, I thought I'd bring this over to you. And you're like, okay, so it's not, not, not exactly what I thought before. So I, I imagine that you guys are going into some spots that are like, I'm sure you've seen some, some pretty crazy stuff. And there's a couple adventures, but at the end of the day, you know, the way I like to say with that clean for the cleaners, cause I grew up, you know, my family had the service too. And I was always the same sort of thing, especially as a kid, like, what's all this about? Why do we have to clean? And now I realize it's more, the more you tidy, the more we can clean. And there's now in my head, there's a distinct difference between tidying and cleaning, which is, you know, again, not coming from this industry and growing up in the business, you know, it, it really, that, that was eye opening for me, you know, to really realize that like, okay, there is a distinction there. And that is something to be mindful of. And so part of that is, you know, helping control that expectation with the customer, right? And, and so that they understand, hey, the more that you're kind of putting little items away or, or tucking things, you know, in this corner, it's not, it really makes it much more effective for us to get in get the deeper clean and, and the cleaning done. So, you know, that, that's a great point. And that's, that's also um, one of the things why I want to talk to talk to someone like yourself is that this is what I see from the outside. And then right. you say, well, th well, this is why they do it because it's, yeah. it's better. Me, I just go, it's redundant, but there's actual, an actual reason for it. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, so I just thought people didn't want people to know how dirty they were, but no, that makes, that makes a, a ton of sense because if you're spending your time, you know, tidying when you're yep. trying to get that deep before you get that deep clean, then it's a lot, a lot less efficient. Um, so what, what got you into, to made pro like what, what made, why is that the Avenue that you chose as far as to be a business owner of? Sure. Great question. So, you know, I think it comes down to a handful of things. So when I was looking at different opportunities, was wanting something that was customer service focused. You know, I think that that, that was something that it's something I enjoy, it's something I'm good at and, and kind of wanted to continue on with. Wanted something with a recurring revenue model. Somewhere, you know, you weren't always constantly having to find a brand new customer. So mm -hmm. being able to rely on those regular, you know, uh, clients, that really has made a difference. I wanted something that had a team. You know, I enjoy leading people and, and, and building a team and teams. So having, you know, other people help do everything was something that I was looking forward to. Wanted something at an you know, agreeable price point, you know, capital investment. The other is it takes dollars and cents to build the stuff too. Mm -hmm. And then lastly was really looking at, okay, do I want to do something by myself or with a brand? And through that search, MadePro came up and, you know, they do business very similar to how I do business, professional, but a little quirky. And, mm -hmm. and so that was a good kind of mix. And so, you know, seeing how they do their stuff and say, okay, they can bring the industry knowledge, understanding what's been going on for decades you know, a lot of systems, the brand, you know, all the logo, the design, preferred vendor relationships, understanding of the cleaning process, which is something that I didn't really, you know, spend a lot of my time professionally looking at, um, you know, that along with my interest in, in building a team and working with people and, and helping take care of them and, and kind of having that hospitality heart, it was really a good match. And, and so, you know, I think ultimately we've been able to build faster than being in an independent, 
independent operator. Mm. Or sometimes what I affectionately call the mom and pop with a mop. And, you know, I think it's just a very different approach. That can work. This can work. But for me, yeah, it's worked really well. That's awesome. And that's kind of kind of goes back to what we were talking about uh, before the show where, you know, done is better than perfect. And how much time would set you back by trying to come up with that perfect logo? Do you pay somebody to create that logo? Do you create it on your own for free? But as you were saying earlier, it's either time or money that we're spending. Um, exactly. And would that have, if you spent six months trying to get the perfect logo out, would you ever get launched? You know what, here's, exactly. now, now you can get to business by, hey, this is, this is set up, ready to go, let's, let's turn it on now and get going. And I kind of want to step in your mind a little bit about sure. when you were talking about, you know, being with Station Casinos, doing, doing all that stuff, obviously you were an employee at, at that point. Um, I, think there's a, I think there's a pretty big distinction between an employee mindset and a business owner mindset. And one of the things, I used to work at a, you know, I, 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 start, I worked in hospitality as well at the, at the Four Seasons as a server. Nice. Um, so I got trained at very high level of, of hospitality. Um, but what I like to, how I like to say like the difference between the, the employee mindset and the, um, and the business owner mindset is I, I take it back into t tables, waiting tables. Okay. If you go in employee mindset says, I want more tables. I'm just mm -hmm. going to serve more tables. Right. Like, and I don't mean added more tables. I want more of the existing tables where like a business owner would be like, let's add tables and add servers. Now yeah. we're going to, now we're going to like grow this exponentially. But my thought was going from that, that employee mindset to that business mindset, was there something in you that was just like here, I, I'm good where I'm at. I'm fine. I'm, I'm getting to lead people. I'm getting to do this, but I can't handle, I can't settle on knowing my ceiling. I need to see what else is out there. Is, is that describe you accurately at all? Like where, where you wanted to, to be able to be in control of, of becoming more? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, the other sort of thought leaders that I follow talks about, you know, building your own infrastructure. And so I think how, you know, kind of to your point, yeah, there, there's sort of a cap there, um, you know, as an employee potentially versus, okay, how do you build systems and, and teams and companies potentially or real estate, right, is another vehicle that can be used to sort of build that infrastructure to create, you know, um, you know, recurring revenue or, or, you know, money while you sleep. And I think it's a really great way to sort of accumulate assets to then be able to help and serve other people. Right. And, and mm -hmm. sort of, it's good. It'll take care of you as well as others. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, it's, I think it's a different, it's definitely a different approach. You know, I think, uh, a lot of times, you know, the, the person that's in the employee mindset is kind of an eight and skate type person or, or they can be right. And they're just mm -hmm. going to kind of come in, do what they got to do. And then go home and, and live their, their second shift is like their real life kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think when you're in the ownership mindset, you know, you're kind of always on, you're always thinking about different ways to innovate or improve or, you know, worried about your team or taking care of this or did this client get, you know, handled and whatever. Like, um, so I think it's also just a different style of work. Right. And, and so some people, they sort of fit better in one or the other, or they sort of enjoy one or the other. And, and so I think at some point, you know, that was part of it as well as I, I also really respect the, the employee and, and being W2'd and, and, and being in that position, you, you know, sort of you're being paid to learn and you're being, uh, you know, you're, you're providing a value to that company. You're understanding what's going on. You're getting your bills paid. And, and I think, you know, you, you have some flexibility there too, where there's potentially less, uh, you know, there's less responsibility on your shoulders. So when that happens, you know, you can kind of like, okay, 
let me let me understand this a little bit better this and that there's there's less at stake in the sense of because the other way you can look at it too is say say you get into business ownership you know at the end of the day if it doesn't work out or something you know doesn't go not the right fit you can always go get another job yeah. like so if you don't take that stab you might wonder what if if you're hardwired that way right i think you know there's a risk there we were talking about gary b and, and <clears throat> other people like that earlier and so i think there's now a lot of pressure for people to just start a business when maybe they're not business owner you know, they're not interested in really being a business owner, but they just hear it's cool or, oh, it sounds yeah. kind of fun or whatever. And you're like, dude, it's lonely at the top. Not <laughs> a lot of other people can relate to you. You work all the time on something, even if you're thinking about it, that's work. And, and so I think, you know, you have to really be ready for that. And, and so I think people should know themselves, right? That self-awareness and, and kind of EQ stuff, you know, I think that that conversation, the more and more that kind of enters the, the entrepreneurial land, you know, like, that's going to be a good thing for people so that they can find what's best for them. Like you got to do what's right for you, you know? Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up and, 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 you know, stated it that way because I, I wasn't trying to like downplay the importance of an employee and that mindset. Um, I, the reason I ask you is it because I, I see some people and sometimes I'm envious of the fact that they're like going to go work. I'm going to come home. I have a neighbor that comes home and, doors garage doors open tvs on sports and he's drinking beer every you know every you know exactly. every weekday night um and he's he's got nights off and nights and weekends off and um i'm like sometimes i go you know it'd just be so nice just to be able to do that but then i go you know in three i could last for three months because sure. i just that's just how my mind is and sure. it's not it's not any better than anybody else it's not any worse than anybody else it's just that's how mine is so that's why i was uh curious yeah. to see and, kind of that same way so to piggyback on that, you know, that one of the, the people that I follow too, he talks about how freedom is one of the greatest assets you'll ever own. Mm -hmm. And, and so that, you know, I think for different people that comes in different forms, but you know, he alludes to it certainly from the business owner's mindset or, you know, financial in, investor mindset or something, you know, or where there's that, that kind of that recurring, um, you know, revenue component. And so, you know, potentially though, for some people, if, if that freedom is, is good enough for the the beer in the game and that's that's their thing yeah. like then more power to them right but i think kind of like to your point and, and being wired more like you or me and saying okay how do i build this infrastructure how do i get you know the right people in place the right assets in place so that now you know your capacity for freedom is is just at the next level the next tier um yeah i think there's a lot out there like people um if you don't know that it's out there, I think then they may not reach for it almost like I think yeah. people have to sort of be conditioned to realize, wow, that's a possibility. And then once they see it's possible or they see someone else doing it, it makes it more achievable. Right. And, yeah. and like kind of the same thing. I, I don't know the right analogy with the racing uh, or like, you know, is it six minute mile, four minute mile or something like no, so four minute mile. Broke it, four uh, minute mile. Roger Bannister. And then, yeah. yeah and like mile. one person got it and now everyone did it, but it yeah. took that one person to really like, you know, kind of breakthrough and, and prove to everyone else like, Hey, you know, this is possible. So that's one of the other cool things, you know, just to sort of tangent is, you know, being with the brand and maybe you see it in, in your brand where you can see the results of other, um, other agents or other offices, you know, for in, in our case. So you've seen people who've been there, done that. They've built these infrastructures that you, you as an owner coming into the system, you see it's possible. And so that's a reminder that, okay, if I do the work, I find the right people, I find the right clients and, and people that believe in me, cool, I could do that too, yeah. right? And, and so it's neat to see that those examples of success and then kind of chase after it, right? Yeah, no, I think that's definitely massive when you, when you do see somebody else, somebody else do it. I mean, especially in, in the entrepreneurial space, like 
we talk about business mindset and, and employee mindset, like when you go as an employee, you go on job interviews like once every how many years? Yeah. Uh, as, a, as an entrepreneur, we're on interviews multiple Good. times a day. Good. No, we, we didn't get the job a lot, a right? Lot. <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't just mean, hey, you didn't get that contract or I didn't get that, that sale or that client decided they wanted to work with somebody else or whatever. Yeah. Um, but a lot, a lot of the time, it could be a conversation of even, you know, what it doesn't necessarily mean to be just that transaction, but we're constantly being, being turned down and to be able to just like take that and go, all right, well, you yep. can shiv it. I mean, every, every day I'm learning more than I ever have in my life over the last few years. Um, because I've been able to kind of say, you know what, take a chance, see what happens here. If it works yep. out, it works out. If it doesn't learn from it somehow. And especially in those roles, you know, I mean, we're basically all in sales, right? And so understanding how, you know, I think a lot of people, when they have that, then they get a stigma. And we were kind of talking about that earlier a little bit. And so, you know, I think now I'm much more realizing, you know, I'm just, it's about finding the right fit. Like you need something and I have it. Cool. Let's come together and let's make it happen. And like, and so the people that really, they, they see our service and our experience and they see it in equal value to what they're spending and what they're committing to. And they're saying, okay, cool. You know, your arrival window works, your size of the team works, the pricing works, this cadence works, everything. Like if that's the right fit and you're going to take care of me and I'm going to take care of you, you know, it's a good match versus like, Oh, let me just try and convince you about this. Something it's like those people, it's not worth the energy. Like, and, and so we're trying to get more efficient and effective at, you know, getting past those people and, and, and not, not being worried about the no's and really looking for those yeses or, you know, people that are really close to the yes and trying to understand, okay, what is it that's really going to kind of like, make this a good relationship and a good connection for you because this could be a really long-term thing again kind of alluding to some of those um i like to call them legacy owners people that have been mm -hmm. with made pro more than 10 years say and you know they have customers they've served that entire period yeah. you know so so there's a handful of customers that we've that we've found so far that i feel like could be still you know customers in yeah. five or ten years if we continue to foster and, and cultivate those relationships so that's really cool, I think, because it, it, yeah. it's not just a transaction. It's not just, oh, it's dirty, please clean it. <laughs> well, yeah, and, that's, and that is um, a couple things that, that you brought to mind in that is, yeah. is one, it's, it, when you come back to freedom, is how many people really like to clean? And what can you be doing during the time that somebody's cleaning for you? And, and as far as like the time, like what, what do you do? So I uh, took a, I was at this coaching course, you know, a few years back. And this guy, he, he mowed his own lawn, took him like an hour and a half, huge, huge yard okay. somewhere, somewhere. I think it was actually up in Northeast, like in, the, in Boston area or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And he was out in, you know, doing that. Like, why are you, why are you doing that? You can pay somebody, you know, 15 bucks an hour to do that. And um, I think we do have a, a, these like limiting beliefs a little bit, especially when it comes to like cleaning, like you should, you should have a clean home and you should be the one cleaning it. When the reality is, is why wouldn't you just pay somebody to do it? And then you go do what you wanted to do. Or maybe, right. maybe you what you're worth is 200 bucks an hour for while you're working. So is, is for you is doing the laundry or cleaning the bathroom worth 200 bucks. Right. Like what, like, whatever, I mean, whatever, and if maybe it takes you two hours to do cleaning and costs you 400 bucks of your time right. when you could outsource that. Right. Um, and so look at the opportunity cost, yeah. right? You know, I mean, that's really what you're getting at is yeah. just there. It's like, okay, does it take you, you know, an aggregate of five plus hours over the course of a month where you're constantly cleaning or you clean one room a, a week or whatever, because that's all the amount of energy you're really willing to put into it. Okay. What's that worth 
and, and that's opportunity cost of free time potentially or time with your kids or with your pets or with your spouse or whatever. I mean, like, I think all of a sudden people start to value that time very differently, even than what, than their compensated work time, you know? And, and so you, you could look at both buckets. And I think at the end of the day, yeah, a huge opportunity cost to just be like, man, that's one thing off my plate. Let me focus on the other things that either bring me more joy or, or ultimately bring more dollars in, into my family's ecosystem. And it's, you it might be, it's a no brainer. Right? I mean, it just, it makes perfect sense. And, and I'm, and I'm, I imagine that other people feel that way about other services, yeah. right. You know, or whether it's a smartphone and the hundred dollars a month for that, you know, technology and the capacity that frees them up from doing a lot of other things, you know, like any number of things could really be looked at very similarly. Um, but I think, yeah, it's an understanding, okay, how do you sort of outsource some of those tasks so that you can focus on something that, that is really your strength and, and or something you really want to enjoy or be doing, I, I, yeah, like I said, I think that's something that really every family could benefit from, even in, in, in other ways. Yeah, well, to your point of whether it's a financial cost or a time cost or a freedom cost is, yep. it could be something as simple as once a week, you take your family out for a walk for 30 minutes, well, where you, you got that, and, yeah. and you just, that a connection that can be, it's, it's not, you can't even really put like a number on that, right? Right. But it's value you add, right? To your yeah. family and, and, and those experiences, you know, that helps shape culture. And, and even now with everything going on, you know, that's the next layer of engaged citizen, you know, or, or lessons or life lessons can kind of be taught in some of those moments, uh, you know, versus, okay, here's this cleaning. I mean, sure. Maybe you could teach them how, you know, how to clean the hard work. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Thing. I mean, but, yeah, there's definitely lessons to be learned in that aspect as well. Yes, um, sure. But uh, the other thing, um, there's a book I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend here in a second. Sure. Um, but one of the thing, the other thing that you'd mentioned is, is finding the right people and, and not spending. Because in, in my experience, um, yeah. as I've been trying to grow a real estate team, I am finding myself that if I have to convince you now, I'm going to have to convince you in three months, in six okay. months, in nine months. And it becomes, it, it becomes just so, so difficult. Um, but in this, this book here, Building an Empire by Brian Carruthers, I uh, definitely recommend checking it out. But what he talks about in there is he talks about you're looking, you, you have a deck, 52 cards and you, okay. you're flipping over for aces. Okay. He's like, who's going to find the ace first, the guy mm -hmm. who flips through and finds the ace or the guy who's trying to take that four and erase it and turn it into an ace. Yeah. And so that's kind of his, like, you're going to spend all that time. And no matter what work you're going to do on that four, it will never truly be an ace. The ace right. is in there somewhere. And, and when you're looking through, when you're kind of basically, basically he's saying that you're kind of sorting, this person is what I'm looking for. Let, you know, don't vomit on them and tell them that they need all this stuff and try to force it onto them because yep. it's probably not going to be a pleasant experience later. So um, I love that you, that you touched on that as well. So now I want to kind of shift gears a little bit um, yep. onto, you know, obviously COVID has hit everyone in kind of a different way. Your service seems like it would be, it's almost weird because it seems like it would be more people would want it because they want to be more clean, but also less people would want it because there's strangers coming in the home. Exactly. Well, how have you like, I mean, how have you dealt with that and yeah. what has been um, like major changes that you've, that you've seen so far? It's a great question. And, and uh, I agree. I think there's a, there's some solid catch 22 type situations mm -hmm. that are related to it. Um, I think another layer, you know, when, it, when things first happened, um, you, you know, there was definitely people with health concerns or possibly job loss or income loss, right? There's a lot of belt tightening going on. And I think, you know, our, our business took a hit for that. 
Uh, and, and so now as people starting to become more certain and more comfortable and, and understanding, okay, wow, if somebody's cleaning, sanitizing, disinfecting, protecting me, you know, I like to say that, hey, by hiring us, you know, you're actually in better shape because now we're going to keep, you know, fighting the germs along the way. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a value there and, and still something to be, to be mindful of. Understandably so, you know, people are concerned. So, you know, we're still wearing shoe covers and gloves and, you know, being careful with social distancing and things of that nature, as well as, you know, the team has gone through additional training and to just be, you know, high touch areas and, and, and th that kind of thing. Um, as well as, again, just sort of another plug for being affiliated with a franchise and, and the power of the brand. Right when everything happened, you know, we, we started jumping on calls about three times a week. They set them up and, and now the leadership of the brand is saying, hey, we're all in this together type stuff. You know, understanding what are the dynamics from an employee perspective, client perspective, funding perspective, cash flow for your business. You know, how do you manage all of these different components and, and being a resource to help? You know, that that's something that helped put, you know, keep us ahead of the curve as, as a brand and, and really understanding, okay, is there now are there going to be, you know, essential businesses that now need sanitizing and disinfecting? They want to hire us when maybe they wouldn't have had before and others demand and and maybe the existing, you know, companies can't fill that void. So there's a lot of different things, but I just appreciate how much care was really, you know, put put forth from them and and really saying, wow, you know, okay, guys, what do you need? How do we make sure that, we're, that you're successful and, and doing everything they could to really help us stay open, right? And and knowing not every small business is going to make it out of this thing. And, um, and, and so now, you know, sort of to your point, or I can't remember if it was in there, sort of the next sort of piece of it is kind of the what's next, right? And sort of the, the, the long haul sort of piece. I think we are at first, I thought it was going to be sort of, we'd be through it in maybe three months, you know, and sort of the, the, the hard part would be over. I think, unfortunately, as we've seen, it, it really is going to be a longer period of time. And um, so the best thing we can do is just continue to communicate with our customers and with our employees. And, you know, I'm grateful that there are people that still want to come work and clean and help take care of those families and, and their homes. And, and so, you know, we just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page, they understand ex expectations, um, and, and that we're doing everything we can to, to mitigate those risks and, and really take care of their home and, and their family. So, um, I, yeah, I have a good feeling that it's, it's not just going to, you know, go away and we're going to be here for another year or two. So I'm glad to be part of the solution. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's so on a, on a basic service, what could okay. someone, what could someone expect? Say, hey, we're come in, we just want you to do, um, like, I guess you can kind of give us an idea of a couple different sure. services that you offer. Um, and then just kind of on a, on a basic, like how, how would it go from phone call to first, first clean? Okay, sure. So I think there's, there's kind of say, I would say three core services that we offer. The, the kind of the basic package is more of like a, what we call a three hour priority clean. And that's typically, you know, someone who's looking for just anything one person could do in three hours. So when you think of about that amount of time, typically that's kitchen, master bath, second bath, maybe you know living room and, and doing kind of the floors. Okay. So someone who just sort of wants a you know, partial clean, we call it a priority clean. The core service that we offer is kind of our standard clean, 49 point checklist clean. I like to say we, you know, we have this 49 point checklist that kind of guides our cleaning process. So you're, you know, when you think of sort of the kitchen, you're doing a top to bottom, let gravity help us uh, and, and be in our favor. You start at the top, work your way down, exterior of all the cabinets and appliances as well as inside the microwave and then kind of all the way down, right, doing baseboards and floors, that kind of thing. That's kind of been our standard uh, clean for the kitchen, the bathrooms, all the living spaces, your whole home. And we estimate that either over the phone or messenger or whatever the case may be, 
we don't actually have to come out in person to do that estimate. Saves you time, saves us time. And um, I really like that model. And then sort of the sort of that the next layer of of cleaning, if you will, is sort of that deep clean. Like some people say, like, oh, you know, my house really needs a deep clean, or yeah. especially folks like yourself, where you know you may have a, a property coming up for um, for sale, you're about to list or or just closed, and people are moving in and they really want to make sure that it's cleaned at the next layer. So with those services, we do basically our 49-point checklist, and then we typically add um, up to four additional things, which is dusting the blinds inside the fridge, inside the oven, as well as inside all cabinets and, and drawers. So that's really like kind of that next layer. And so when you really think about it, really those, that's sort of a nice sort of uh, starting middle top sort of uh, layers. Mm -hmm. and, and then we do a very little bit of commercial cleaning. We have some small commercial offices that will help, you know, once or twice a week kind of thing. But um, the core of the business is residential and, and taking care of people. We do that typically that core middle service um, every other week or once a month, and and I'd say that's the, yeah the vast majority of our business. All right, perfect. Do you by chance have any any tips for anyone? Like we kind of discussed earlier a little bit about you know tidying up and things like that, but in between cleans or or anything to kind of maybe get a little the longevity out of. So it's not like you leave it's perfectly clean and then we just destroyed it. Tornado went through and now next yep. week you're starting back over from from step one the kids were left back in the house, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So one of the tips that I like to give people is, is something that we actually do, you know, uh, on all of our cleans is actually we use multiple, multiple colored towels. So people don't think about this. And even when I was hiring a company before, you know, I started MadePro, I was like, I never thought about different towels. So let me explain. If you go to the kitchen and you clean the kitchen and then you go to the bathroom and you use the same towel, you're transferring those germs. And so think of it the other way. If you clean the bathroom first oh, yeah. and now you go to your kitchen where you're preparing your food and you're bringing all those germs with you, that's kind of gross. So yeah. one of the things that we do to help make sure that our team prevents that cross-contamination is we actually use a separate color of towels for the bathroom as well as for the kitchen. So now that those are two different things, they're not going to mix. There's not going to be germs that are migrating from one space to the other. And I think that, you know, I really recommend that people, you know, in, in their own home and in their own cleaning time, you know, that they have two sets. So that way they're, they're protecting themselves and their family. Perfect. No, that's a great idea. Cause then you don't have to go, Hey, which one is this for? Right. Such a, exactly. such a simple hack to just be like, this one's always, the orange one's always for the bathroom. Always. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's awesome. Um, is there anything else that, that you'd like to share with anybody that uh, you think that would be great for somebody, you know, either, either looking for your service or, you know, thinking about it, is there anything that you would share to them or maybe even a, a, a business owner, somebody thinking about getting into business? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about just the value of uh, attention as the asset, right. And like getting, you know, on the podcast or, or blogs or whatever, you know, for a little while we were building out our YouTube channel. So I recommend people, you know, check that out for a deeper dive on, on me and some of our business and some of the things that we've sort of, you know, our approach to things. Um, so even in just in YouTube, you can type in Maypro Henderson and, and we'll show right up. Um, so that would be kind of my thought, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, feel free to hit me up. You know, it's the same as you did. I'm happy to share time and, and insight and, and learn from other people too. So always love looking to collaborate and, and that kind of stuff. Perfect. Perfect. So if somebody wants, they're ready to go right now, how can they get in contact with you and, and set up, you know, their first, uh, their first clean? Yeah. So there's really the two easiest ways. If you're a phone person, you can just call us 702-534-6701 or you can go to our website madepro.com slash henderson-nv 
And then there's actually a, you just key in your zip code and there's an estimate form. You fill that out and either someone here locally or from our sales team in Boston will reach out. Awesome. Michael, pleasure to have you on. Thanks for sharing everything you're doing. Uh, you know, I'm rooting for you and uh, hope to see uh, you continue with your success. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great one. Hey, thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and please leave a comment. If you'd like your free copy of four ways to leverage your existing real estate business or to apply to join my team, go to the retired real estate agent.com for your free growth pack.